The Rigger Gambling Feed is back every Monday. Join myself, Joe House, Raheem Palmer, and John Dushepsi for East Coast Bias. Sunday's action recap and our favorite bets for Monday Night Football. Then on Tuesday, we got the Roster Diamond Show where I'll break down everything you need to know in the betting world. Plus, the East Coast Bias Boys will be back on Thursday to help you get your betting card sorted ahead of all the NFL action. And then on Fridays, it's me back with Warren Sharp, deep diving into the analytics. So be sure to subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I am joined by Danny Kelly. And that's it. Craig Rollback is not here because, I don't know, he spent too much with DK, or he was drunk after George Pickens had a game-winning touchdown, or he's been kidnapped (laughs) by the Brock Purdy Cole. I don't know what's going on. Craig's not here. It's just DK and I. We're giving out awards for week five. We're going to have waiver pickups on this feed tomorrow, Monday night. We're going to have waiver column from DKFantasyFootball.TheRinger.com if you want to know who to add in fantasy. I'm Danny underscore Heifetz on Twitter. DK is Danny B. Kelly everywhere. Enough plugs. Okay, DK. 49ers just obliterated, atomized, eviscerated the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> in Sunday football. Right. This was 42 to 10 before the backups came in. The Niners doubled the time of possession. They tripled the rushing yards. It is too bad Craig's not here because we're going to have to have a Brock Purdy conversation. It took not even, I was going to say one episode without Craig. It's been like 90 seconds without Craig. I'm, I've changed my mind on Brock Purdy. I think Brock Purdy's good. <laughs> You're pretty pilled. You're been, in. No, it, he's good. I, so I agree. I, I watching him, he was extremely impressive tonight. I, I do think, obviously, the context is he has an incredible sports system around him. But I don't. I'm like beginning to care less and less. He's just very good at what he does. He's very good at running this offense, and we have to give him credit. I'm sorry. I should have given him more credit earlier. or Whatever. Like. You know, he he was very, very impressive tonight. Just like, and he was dropping some dimes too. It wasn't just him, you know, like handing off or making these easy passes. Like he was making some nice touch throws, throwing over the middle of the field, playing with uh, anticipation and poise. And he obviously has the love of all his teammates. So yeah, fine. He's I getting better. It. He's Brock getting Purdy's better good. this season. He's good. Yeah. He's improving. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, honestly, you know, I think in... in Bill Barnwell had a good article about this, and this is, you know, of course, this is the case, but I think it is easy to get anchored to the fact he was a very late-round pick. He was the last pick in the draft. It's very easy to get anchored to that. If he had been, like, a third-round pick or a second-round pick... What if it was Trey Lance? What if Trey Lance was doing exactly the stuff, like, literally hadn't lost a game, all this stuff? I know, But he was the third pick in the draft. We'd be like, all right, yeah. So, yeah, all the Brock Party people, fine. 
I will say though, the Niners I look like up. a Death Star. Yeah, yeah you, you want us over. Um, this was an obliteration. I I, I want to get to like who the competition is for this team in a second, but when the I was watching the the early slate today, Giants Dolphins. I had the YouTube the um, multi view. The Giants Dolphins game was top left, and then I had like the Steelers Ravens game top right, and I just remember being so struck by how. The Dolphins, all the plays looked easy, and the Steelers, all the plays looked hard. Even the Steelers plays that don't that do work look hard. And like <laughs> right. I, I just the Dolphins and the Niners, the Niners tonight, except the difference is the Dolphins are playing the Giants. The Niners are playing the Cowboys and everyone everything looks easy. And the, the defining pl- sequence to me was uh they were already up like twenty one to seven or whatever, and Purdy throws like to Brandon Ayuk wide open for forty yard pass. And honestly, it could have been a touchdown. He got two string tackled. And there's holding. And the play comes back. And now it's like third and 13. And literally the next play, third down again, Purdy just hits Debo wide open for 42 yards. They just did it again. They scored three plays later. I'm like, this team is unstoppable. I, I was tilting my face off at that moment too, because I was I have Ayuk and I was going up against Debo in one league. So yeah, that was a, a triggering moment for me. But yes, it, it's a great point. I, it is something that I, I, I know I've mentioned this in the past before, but it's like very... I just find it so fascinating about football where some for some teams and some games, everything just looks so incredibly hard. Like you can't barely complete complete a pass. Like sometimes there, there are games and we've seen in the past with like Zach Wilson, where like truly he can barely complete complete a pass on an NFL field. And then you get teams like the Dolphins, you get teams like the 49ers. And of course, they come from the same schematic play calling, you know, tree, which is, you know, something that really matters here. And maybe that's maybe, you know, this is just going to take over the NFL. Um, but it's just so easy. Everyone's open, everybody's running and they all have space to run after the catch. You know, they're, they're creating space for, for their players. It's just an easy layup. Most of the time for these quarterbacks, it's just, yeah, it's beautiful football. It's very fun to watch. It's very enjoyable to watch. I want to be clear. Craig and I wax poetic about this for like, or no, is it you and I wax poetic about this for like 20 minutes once when Craig, some news broke. Oh, Cooper Cup's injury broke. I don't remember what happened, but Craig wasn't there. But we were talking about how it's part of it is a lot of scheme, right? There is a tremendous amount of scheme to what Shanahan McDaniels do. But it's not an accident that the two teams we're talking about here that have these offenses that, again, just look easy. If you rank the top 20 guys in the NFL, skill players of like who would be the hardest person to like tackle, the Dolphins right. have five of them and the Niners have five of them. <laughs> and it's like, it's not an accident that they're like, well, we need these are the people we need. And the, I, I, I don't. I mean, th- and then there's the Niners defense, which the Dallas is. I, I want to just Dallas's first four drives gained four yards, no first downs, and a fumble. So Dallas went three and out for one yard, three and out for one yard, fumble, three and out for two yards. You you tweeted it. The 49ers have a top two offense in the NFL, and their defense is better than their offense. Like, <laughs> what do we? Do? What do you do against this team? That's incredible. It's not even controversial. I think the Niners are clearly the best team in the NFL. They're clearly the Super Bowl favorite after tonight. And I think the question I have for you is, who's the competition for this team? The Cowboys, as good as the Cowboys have been, they kicked the crap out of bad teams. The Cowboys are not on the level. The Chiefs didn't look that great today. The Chiefs, I mean, Travis Kelsey's banged up again. I know that I've jinxed him into submission because... You did he's it got again. Yeah. Two knee injuries in for the first five weeks. I know he came back and scored a touchdown, but it's not good that Travis Kelsey... Oh, this was a foot. This was a foot. A foot, whatever. Well, they, I don't know what they shot him up with, some like horse tranquilizer or whatever the hell. But the offense doesn't look smooth yet in Kansas City. The Bills are dropping like flies. Like the Bills lost to the Jaguars in London. The offense is asleep. 
and that they keep losing defenders. They came in, the Bills came into this game without Tredavis White towards Achilles. Their other starting quarterback was hurt. Their other defensive end was hurt. And then they ended up losing this game, their best pass coverage linebacker. Like the Dolphins are down half their defense. That's just not what Super Bowl teams do. So I don't know. It's like, the, who are the teams that are even like could give the Niners a run? It was just Miami and Philadelphia. I mean, yeah, because I think what I was thinking while you were talking is basically styles make fights. And I could see the Eagles, the way that they play, the, you know, the toughness and physicality they have in the front line and all that stuff. Like they could be the type of team I, that can go, quote unquote, punch for punch with the 49ers. The Dolphins, uh, you know, of course, are extremely, extremely explosive offensively. And that I think that's another team that could, you know, keep pace with the 49ers. Um but yeah, to me, those are the two teams that stand out. I, I think obviously Mahomes is Mahomes and you have to include them in there. I was actually surprised. I'm looking just at the standings. I know this is not everything, but the Chiefs actually have a plus 48 score differential this year, um, which I don't think I would have guessed that. Just It feels like they've been eking out wins, but uh, but obviously that's pretty pretty decent. It's better than the Dolphins, better than any other, anybody else in the AFC or in the NFC rather other than San Francisco, who's plus 99 they're just <laughs> blowing people out of the water. This is five weeks Casually. in. Yeah. Uh, the 49ers are an absolute buzzsaw. And so to answer your question, though, yeah, I think the Eagles really stand out to me. And the, the Dolphins, of course. What do you think about the... Are the Lions even remotely on this level? Not yet, because I think the coaching isn't there. And then just the experience isn't there and the physicality. The offensive line's good. But I got to... I mean... No, I, I I think the Lions could like put up a fight, but the Niners, I think, are just like, they're on a different level. I mean, honestly, what are the, I, I have two questions for you. One, what are the teams that, what I, the thing I tweeted, like their top two offense and the defense is better. How many teams does that even apply to it, like in your lifetime? Because someone was like, well, the Eagles last year. I'm like, okay, yes, 70 sacks, their offense are good. But who before them? Like how many teams are actually this good? And um, shout out Balanced, Marcus Grant yeah. replied and was like the 94-95 Diners. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> you have to go and far. You have to go I, far back. I yeah. know there are a lot of ghosts. Email us at fantasyfootball at gmail.com if I'm forgetting a team, but like it's really rare. Yeah, I'm sure there are teams, you know, sprinkled in that were as balanced and completely dominant on both sides of the ball, but this is pretty rare. Like this is definitely pretty rare. So yeah. On that note, we have to we have to do it. I'm sorry Craig's here, not here for this, but honestly, maybe this is uh, meant to be that Craig Craig couldn't handle this as poor little soul. How many quarterbacks in the NFC would you take over Brock Purdy? And I'm going to start with, I'm going to give you an opportunity for a mea culpa on Friday. If you're Kyle Shanahan, and let's just pretend it's not in the middle of the season, but you could just swap out this person at, at dollar for dollar. Shout out Scott Barrett, who has invented the perfect stat, which is EPA divided by millions you make. I think we should call it EPA. It's EPA per uh, EPA per game, but it's EPA per game check because Brock Purdy's game checks are 50 grand a week. God. Meanwhile, Deshaun Watson makes what? $2 million. Think about that. Deshaun Watson's getting $2 million a game, basically. So, on that note, let's just say everyone had the same salary. Would you take Dak Prescott or Brock Purdy? Oh, for crying out loud. Final three, me three drives for picks for Dak. This was not a this was not a confidence-inducing game for Dak Prescott for me. So, I'm, fine, I'll fucking say it. I'll take Purdy in this case. All right, Jalen Hurts. No, I'll take Hurts. All right, that's one. Jordan Love? Purdy. Jared Goff? Purdy. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> that one's that one's just wrought with so many things. Um, I mean, I think they're kind of the same player, aren't they? No, I'm, no I think Purdy's <laughs> better. Uh, dude, Justin Fields? No. 
I'm going to skip the entire NFC South. We're not doing Ritter, Bryce Young, Derek Carr, or Baker. And not doing Carr. I mean, it's it's really just Stafford. I would take Stafford. Gino. I'd take Gino. I would take Gino. Uh, and then Daniel, I would go pretty. So what about like Kyler? Do we count Kyler? Uh, well, he's, I mean, he's hurt. But. Yeah, he's hurt. It's weird. I mean, if we want to count healthy, Ky- honestly, I don't know if I would take healthy Kyler. I would. You don't like Kyler as much as I do. I don't. I think okay, the bottom the point, the point we're saying Brock Purdy's right. the top five quarterback in the NFC. The point of worst. the conversation is we're pretty pilled. We're, we, we give up. We, we like Purdy now. He's good. He was very, very impressive in this game. I'm still kind of waiting for like the other shoe to drop, but it's just not dropping. So fuck it. We should just enjoy it. You know what I mean? I, like, I, what I really would say is Niners <laughs> fans, be careful what you wish for, because now that we're on the Brock Purdy, he's going to totally suck now that everyone's going to be in on him. Joking so, with be- the text chain, like imagine how good the Patriots dynasty had been if Purdy had been the quarterback for them the whole time. You know, they probably, they wouldn't have lost nearly as many Super Bowls. They wouldn't have had to cheat. You no, know? They, I mean, they would have, Beating the Giants, they would have gone undefeated. <laughs> they would have, you know, they certainly the whole, would have lost like, the second time. The whole taking Purdy over Brady thing doesn't sound so wild anymore, you know. I do think he's kind of. We'll talk about it another time. I've just been beaten into submission. I feel completely. I, I've given up. <laughs> I'm not resisting anymore. The, literally, the beating continued until morale improved. <laughs> That's literally what happened. Truly, yeah. Uh, all right, flip side here. We got to just, we're, we're just doing like a rock bottom check-in. There are a lot of teams racing to rock bottom, rock bottom for the season, rock bottom in their own team history. And like, we just got to check in on like how rock bottom teams are, are, are drilling right now, because there are multiple teams contending for like absolute worst vibes of the year. DK, just, just start us off here. Start with the Patriots who are getting near the bottom of the Mariana trench here. The, the thing that came to mind when I was watching the Patriots was we got no food. We got no <laughs> jobs. Our pets are falling off. Like nothing is going well for the Patriots. Saints 34 Patriots zero zero there. The Patriots have been out outscored 72 to three in the last two games. This is the worst two game stretch of Belichick's career by far. Um, Mac Jones has been benched in the fourth quarter in the last two games. Not going great. Because they were down by so much that Belichick saw no point. He saw no point. He quote unquote, I saw no point of having him in there. Dude, he punted on fourth and three. For, or was it fourth and three, 40 yards from the end zone? And they were down 24 nothing in the third quarter. He punted on fourth and three. It's, I mean, it, it's it's really, really bad. And, and a lot of the offensive problems that we're seeing were predictable. I think the less predictable things are the Patriots' defenses are kind of falling apart. Injuries has been a big part of that, of course. And their special teams has not been good. But on offense, like in particular, I think it all starts with their offense. Obviously, now we're starting to see this wasn't all Patricia. I think overall, the Patricia thing last year was a really bad idea. But obviously, as we're seeing now, it's it was not the only reason this team struggled on, on offense. The offensive line cannot block. The offensive line is really, really bad. Dude, Dante Scarn, they lost the best offensive line coach ever. And then you're like, oh, cool. There's guys running into the backfield on every single play, like unblocked or barely blocked. Um, the wide receivers are not fast. They're not special. They can't separate. They're not making big plays. I don't know how many of them would play for however many teams. Like, I if mean, you just, wh- Devontae the Parker play- is like playing the most snaps like for him. Like, what other team would he actually play on? I don't know how many teams he would make. The one guy that I'm excited about, Demario Douglas, he looked good until he got hurt. Uh, he he got a concussion early in the game and he had to come out. Um, they're just brutal at the receiver position right now. Um, the running backs even look really bad, which is a surprise because I love Ramondre Stevenson. Like I thought Ramondre Stevenson was one of the best running backs in the NFL, like maybe top 10 
maybe top five in the NFL, just purely on, you know, his skill set last year. And he has just straight up looked bad this year. Ramondre in fantasy has so cut out week one. Ramondre this season, if you cut out week one, has one more point than Najee Harris. Ugh. God, that's frustrating. Um, and he's not like being utilized in the passing game either, which was like a big strength of his last year. Well, I don't can't know. Get first downs or anything. It's like yeah. it, it's just a product of again. You're right about the defense. The defense is was all right, and then they lost Matt Judon as the best edge rusher. There's you no know, front seven player. And then they lost Christian Gonzalez, who was crushing his rookie cornerback. And they lost those two guys, and the defense couldn't do it. Again, the Saints hadn't scored 21 points this season in a game. The Saints had 21 points five minutes into the second quarter. That's yeah, this, bad. This was like the Saints offense last week where Derek Carr could not do anything. Yeah. Now and so that, like that, the def- that was the strength, was the defense. And so I look at this Patriots team, and what I think is, what do they do well? Uh, and honestly, this, I very rarely say this. The answer is nothing. Like, they literally don't do anything well. I, if you look at like just expected points added, they're dead last in passing offense. They're dead last in rushing offense. Ugh. And they are second to last in special teams. Jeez. They don't do anything well. They make stupid mistakes. Bill's been saying this for a while. I think the real question here is the easy part is to say Mac is done or whatever. And they, they're probably going to have a top five. Even Devin McCourty. You know how former players are when they leave the team. Devin McCourty was like, yeah, they're going to have a top five pick. The, that's the easy thing is like they're going to have to get a quarterback, a lot of quarterbacks in this draft. The real question is, I think the Belichick stuff starts this week. Like the, the, the real conversation, it's been whispers. The real conversation about whether Bill Belichick should be the coach of the team begins now. And on one hand, that's I'm so, so torn wild. about this. I'm that's so wild. torn about this. And I'm yeah. curious what you think. I genuinely don't know how I feel. And I, I am the ultimate kombucha girl where I'm like, ah, 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 and I go back and yeah. forth between like, he's literally had the greatest stretch of football ever for 20 years in a salary cap era, which is unheard of and will probably never be done again. And all the, you know, 17 titles and division titles in 19 years or all this stuff. And it's like, you have three bad years. You're going to cut this guy versus I am starting to believe the Brady held up the end of that run more and more. (laughs) And I don't know how you feel. Like, is it insane to talk about axing Belichick or is it just like, well, you're using your eyeballs? No, I think it's okay. Insane is maybe too strong. I think it's stupid, though, to talk about firing Bill Belichick. I do think what you, I think both can be true. Like, I think what we're seeing now is obviously Tom Brady elevated this team year in and year out to a point where Belichick could not have done that on his own. Like, this relationship between Brady and Belichick was what kept this team competitive year in and year out for 20, 20 straight years or however many years it was, 20, more than 20 years. Um, and I think now we're starting to see the quarterback is more important than the head coach, like period. But at the same time, I don't think Belichick is a bad coach. I think Mac Jones is not a good quarterback right now. And that is the root of all these problems. That That is the root of all the problems, certainly on offense. And so, I don't know, to me, like cutting bait on Belichick now would be ridiculous because he's just going to get hired by some other team and then like make make the Patriots absolutely like regret it almost immediately. Well, so, so that's the I don't know. question is like, I, I don't know how to say this other than what's going on. And the simplest way I always think of it is I, I feel like Belichick, the coach is still unparalleled. And I feel like it, we, it's a joke, but I do think Belichick, the organizational mastermind is con- probably too old to be training other people again, like his coach. It's so his job at some point is to coach coaches just as much, if not more so than players. And the linebackers coaches, his son, 
and the safeties coach is his son. And like, they all, I'm just saying like, yeah. they, they, they only have, and Joe judge is like assistant head coach, but he's on defense and he was a receivers coach before. He be, like it, none of this really makes sense. It's just people he likes working with. That's the thing. It's like, it just does seem like he's a little tired of teaching people how to work for him. And so that to me, as much as anything is like the pipe, he had a 20 year pipeline of assistance coming up. I mean, remember all those people that made famous for the first dynasty of like Romeo Cornell and Charlie Weiss. Like those people were 20 years ago getting head coaching jobs. And so he had 20 year pipeline. He's just tired of teaching people shit. And that to me feels like the problem is it's like, it's not even him as much as his mid-level people, his sons, mid-level people can't teach the underneath people. And he has no talent pipeline anymore. He said 20 years of brain drain. Yeah. Well, not 20 years, but like 15 years. You no, know? 20's accurate. I yeah. mean, Romeo Cornell was a head coach, not in 2003, wasn't he? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's like, that's, it's hard. I mean, again, we talked about this. Replacing I think on the last 20 part. years of uh, institutional memory over exactly. and over. It's hard. really what happened was the Brian Flores Dolphins. That's honestly what killed the thing is Brian Flores left and there was a huge risk. I mean, obviously there was a lawsuit and everything, but Belichick and Flores initially was a huge issue because Flores took way more staff than like any Belichick person had ever taken leaving. It was a huge rift and Belichick talked to Saban about it, but I, I agree. They have to keep him. Yeah, I mean, if they fire him, give me a break. Someone's going to immediately hire him and then he's going to do great. It's weird because it's funny to watch like the Cowboys and the Patriots. I can only imagine what Bill shows like right now, but the, the it's funny to watch the Patriots fans deal with mortality it really is like a great empire. It's like, you know, right, they say right. like Macedonians for like, you know, thousands of years after Alexander the Great just were like, well, we're the center of the universe. And it's like every, every empire is like that. Like every empire, once you are like Greeks, it's like America, like everybody, once you conquer the world, you still always feel that way. It's like Patriots fans are just now dealing with reality. It's like what it feels like for a normal franchise to have ebbs and flows of success and not. And it's based on the quarterback, by the way. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't think they should fire him, but uh, the Patriots are, what, what do the kids say? Down bad, down atrocious right now. Speaking of which, um, while we're in rock bottom, check in here. I think the Giants are, they're not in the Mariana Trench. I think the Giants are more like an abandoned mine. You know what I mean? Something <laughs> like that. I don't it's know. Treacherous down there. Yeah. Dolphins uh, won 31, Giants at 16. But that almost doesn't really tell the story because well, they the had Giants, 16 because they got like three turnovers. on. They defense. had a pick six. Right. And then the two field goal drives went like a combined like 20 yards. So <laughs> it didn't right. really like score. 16. There's no point in time where this game felt close. No, I not, not it, it felt close only on the premise. The Dolphins would keep making more mistakes. But uh, Dan, Daniel Jones left the game with a neck injury, which may or may not be connected to the Giants you know, giving Daniel Jones taking 16 sacks over the last two games may or may not be Unreal. related. Unreal. So Jordan Renan, who's a great reporter at ESPN, he covers the Giants. He's been covering the Giants for a decade. So since 2013, which I mean, Giants won the Super Bowl 2011 and they've basically been like the worst team in football since then. And Jordan Renan was like, I've covered this team for 10 years. This is by far the worst offensive line I've ever seen them have. It's not close. <laughs> by far. Mind you, it's been like their defining quality other than quarterback for 10 years has been bad offensive lines. Josh Zudu is like a fifth round guard at a UNC. Couldn't win a guard job. And now is their starting left tackle. Maybe that's why Daniel Jones has a neck injury now. So maybe I, this is a disaster. <laughs> I thought there was, I like how the, the, the pause there at the end. This is a disaster. You sent me a text that said <laughs> teams since 1991. Because they get, the Giants are the last team in the league. They've run no plays with the lead in any of their five games. It was them and the Jets, and the Jets won. <laughs> team since 1991 to have zero plays while leading the game in, through five weeks. The 2002 Bengals, who won two games. 
the 2003 Bears, the 2011 Rams, who won two games, the 2019 Dolphins, who Stephen Ross, who owns the Dolphins, was trying to tank for a quarterback. <laughs> that was the team. 20, 2021 Lions, who won three games, and then this year's Giants. That's not great. Um, from a big picture perspective, though, obviously this season is probably shot at this point. Um, they're one and four. What? What do? You, how do you feel just about like the the coaching and the overall direction of the franchise? Are you feeling really a lot of despair about like just where this team is, or is this just like this? They're running bad this year. It's just the offensive they got line rocked sucks. by the Dolphins, and the Dolphins are literally on the shave, like literally at the cutting edge of like a tectonic, not maybe not a tectonic shift, but like a actual. They're the greatest show. So the Dolphins. We'll talk about the Dolphins a little bit. Carlos could come on, but like the Dolphins literally passed the greatest show on turf for most yards through five weeks. So, so I don't feel that yeah, bad. Yeah. Um, but I, I, the way I, I, I ranted about this on Friday, but I look at the giants and the reason I don't think they're in the Mariana trench is that they're the youngest team in the league. Like they're the youngest, yeah. they're the youngest offensive line. Yeah. They're getting the, the crap kicked out of them. They're the youngest cornerback group. Again, I'm going to rant about this. They had two cornerbacks. They're rookies start in week one. That hasn't happened for any team in the NFL in 15 years. The guy Tyree killed a 69 yard touchdown. The guy guarding him was Trey Hawkins, who's a sixth-round rookie cornerback who went to Old Dominion. Old Dominion was playing... Last year, Trey Hawkins was guarding guys at Appalachian State and Texas A&M Commerce. Not Texas A&M. <laughs> Texas A&M Commerce. Did you even know that was a school? I had no idea. <laughs> no. Texas A&M Commerce. I don't think anyone like Tyreek Hill is playing at Texas A&M Commerce. Why is Trey Hawkins one-on-one with Tyreek Hill? I have no idea. <laughs> is this really his fault? I don't know, man. So I'm like, it's a young team. They got the crap kicked out of him. It's going to happen. But like, I don't know, at least Darren Waller, eight catches, 86 yards. At least everyone can stop yelling about him, be, me, uh, him being useless. He's back, baby. So the Giants are, they're down bad. But um, I I actually think the Giants aren't as bad as the Pats right now for emotionally, because there are things to point to. The Pats have nothing. The, the other team, the worst, I actually think the worst team for this specific week might actually be Denver. Yeah, this is the down in the core of the earth. Down bad Broncos. Uh, they lost to Nathaniel Hackett. So sorry, let's back up for a second because over the offseason, Sean Payton, who came in, he's supposed to like resurrect this Broncos team, bring them back from this completely atrocious performance in 2022. You know, obviously everything that could have gone wrong in 2022 for the Broncos did. Um, and Payton over the offseason in an interview was he said something along the lines of that was one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL was his quote. And he said, quote unquote, everything I heard about last season, we're doing the opposite. He's actually right in a way that they're doing the opposite of what they did last year, because last year the defense was good and the offense was terrible. This year, the defense is all time bad. Maybe the worst defense in history through like five weeks. Um, And the, the offense is like fine. Actually, like we'll say the offense has been better than expected. Uh, Russell Wilson, I think, has been much, much better than he was last year. So he is doing the exact opposite of what he did last year. But at the end of the day, the Broncos are one and four. They look awful. They're the laughing stock. And they just lost to Nate Hackett, who got the game ball, by the way. Yeah, Nate Hackett's the offensive coordinator for the Jets now because Aaron Rodgers. So the Jets win 31 to 21. And this game was kind of perfectly disgusting. Yeah, exactly. I, the... I mean, Brees Hall, I mean, Brees Hall, 22 carries for 177 yards and a touchdown. The Broncos have allowed the most rushing yards through five games in 20 years. <laughs> Everyone makes fun of like coaches and their obsession with the run and all that. But it's really hard to win if you can't stop the run. I will say that if you cannot stop explosive runs on the ground, it's very hard to win. 
And that's why the Broncos suck. <laughs> or among many reasons. But like, that's what you imagine. Reasons. Like Sean Payton broke every like coaching code of just like, don't criticize other coaches and stuff. And is actually just doing just as poorly, if not worse than Nate Hackett was. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not great for him. I don't even know what to say about this team because like, I don't know what, where they're going. Like, is Sean Payton going to bench Russell Wilson? I would say, I would argue that Russell Wilson's actually been not one of the big problems for this team this year. Um, which people have lost sight of, I think, um, because a lot of people, I think, just are conflating. We Sauce Gardner when he tweeted out "Jets country, let's ride." Had lost sight that it's not Russ's <laughs> fault. Well, I'm just saying, among the reasons the Broncos are terrible this year, like Russ is not in the top five. Uh, it's funny that they have Pat Sertain is like one of the best cornerbacks in the league, and they're just like he had an incredible crazy. pick today too. I don't know how the Broncos come out of this is, is my point because they don't have any picks and they, it, they've they given up all their picks for Russell That's why Wilson I think and Sean they're at the core of the, Again, I'm going to say this again. <laughs> I, I gave this rant to... Oh, you missed this. If you combine the Russell Wilson trade, which was two first, two seconds to give Russell Wilson 160 million guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And then there was such a mistake. They had to trade a first, another first and another second for Sean Payton Jeez. just to pay him 17 million a year for six. And that's guaranteed six years coaching, five years, whatever. That's 80 million. So you put that together give or take the Broncos have spent a quarter of a billion dollars guaranteed to get where they are three first round picks and three second round picks just to be the worst team in the AFC. They're literally in last place. (laughs) I I can't imagine being further from your goal. And if you think about it for in like that sense, we could be doing just as much of a job because they're literally spent as much as any team could possibly spend and are getting as little results as you could possibly get. So that's cool. The vibes are bad. Uh, you, you know what they need to keep doing? They they just need to keep digging, keep going further through the core of the earth, come out the other side, which is what exactly the Bengals did this week. They drilled all the way to China, as you did when you were a kid. You kept digging and kept digging. You end up on the other side of the world. The Bengals are back, baby. They look pretty good, actually, this week. Uh, I know that they were going against the Cardinals, but Joe Burrow looked crucially like Joe Burrow. He looked like himself. He was even moving around a little bit, scrambling around. Uh, he passed for 317 yards, three touchdowns. Jamar Chase had a truly magnificent day. 15 catches, 130, 192 yards and three touchdowns. Bengals um, won 34-20. And yeah. it, it felt it, it felt really close and then not close at all very quickly. We were ready to give up on the Bengals last week. You know, we had a big we were, long, Friday. Yeah, we were just like several days ago. <laughs> naming random quarterbacks who start over Joe Burrow. We were I'm like, Josh Dobbs, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that Joe Burrow's back because it makes fantasy a hell of a lot more fun. He I'll looked tell you that. way better. Jo- Joe Bur- Dude, Jackie's dad was like, should I play Joe Burrow? And he had this weird work league where like there's three bench spots and he had two quarterbacks. And I was like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know what you should do. And I was, anyway, I-, I mean, we went through all the stats. There was very few stats in which the Bengals weren't the absolute worst in the NFL. Yeah, he's I- like, they had three touchdowns in four weeks. They had three touchdowns in like the first three quarters of this game. And so, it, but yeah, again, you can go through all the stats and you're so right. Like, I mean, Joe Burrow in this game, I mean, freaking, I mean, he, he had... 80 yards in a game, like not that long ago, Joe Burrow, 317 yards and three touchdowns. But more importantly, to your point, he actually looked healthier. Like the funny part is Jamar Chase was right. Jamar Chase in August, when Joe Burrow got hurt, was like, I don't know, man, he should probably just like miss the first four weeks, come back week five. Maybe Dude, Chase should be the coach. Yeah, maybe he should be the coach. <laughs> like, holy crap. Like, Why do we have to go through all this? Joe Burrow, like, looked, he scrambled like the third touchdown. He, third touchdown to Chase is a funny thing to say, but he like, he scrambled right and extended the play. The second touchdown, he chucked it like 55 yards and he ran for a first down. And I was like, dude, he 
this was not a park and bark performance. It was kind of like, it was more like Dua Lipa before she learned to dance. You don't get the joke, but yeah, Dua Lipa like used to head. like yeah. dance kind of awkwardly when she was first, like when, um, <laughs> Actually, when I do the, kind of think I know what you're talking about with this. Yeah, yeah. like she used to kind of like like when the 2020 when the album first dropped at the first VMAs, she like kind of looked very robotic. Now she can dance. That was like Joe Burrow, like a pop star just learning to dance. So it's Uh-oh, like, you know, happy learn to putt. Exactly. Um, I think, yeah, he, he absolutely agree. He looked like himself, which is what I said before. Like he just truly looked like Joe Burrow for the first time this year. Earlier, it was like just a decrepit old man trying to play quarterback. You know what I mean? And he doesn't have the arm strength, the pure arm talent to really overcome that, I don't think. And this has always been sort of the hallmark of his game is he's very much, you know, not to compare him to Tom Brady, but like in the same vein of like moving around in the pocket to buy himself an extra beat to get a throw off. That's like how he's saying is it's not the size of the sword. It's how you swing it. But if (laughs) you can't swing it and you don't have a big sword, just take five weeks off um, (laughs) until you feel like you can swing it again. Um, But like, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I guess my question was going to be like, is this, actually they're back or is this a blip i i lean more towards like they're back like let's i think they're back well burrow looks bad that's the whole thing like it, again as much as we were like all these problems with burrow the, the my my fear with burrow was like well he doesn't look healthy i'm like it's gonna get healthier playing football i don't know and so he looked way better he's joe burrow himself said it felt like new orleans last year which is that's the total turning point in their year last year he had a, he had one deep deep bomb to Jamar Chase that was like perfectly lofted fifty yards down the field like this is the Joe Burrow that we know you know so I think I think it was everything and also his shoes Kid Cudi did his outfit like Kid Cudi and it's his random friend from high school made his sweater I don't know if he's like I feel like he was getting what. clowned for that sweater that was a good friend move and then he him. yeah he shot his friend out but also kind of like to avoid getting thrown under the bus he's like it's my friend made it from high school. <laughs> I'm wearing my it. mom, my mother-in-law gave it to me. And then so. it was like, yeah, exactly. And then she's like, Kid Cudi gave me the shoes. Uh, this is, this reminds me of the big hats from, uh, Brian Robinson. Was it Brian Robinson Brian last Robinson. year with the huge hats and those Pete things caught on? Uh, Sam Fortier, the Washington yeah. Post tweeted I that out. actually sent me one of those big hats. Uh, sent so you a big hat. Anyway, that's all I got on that. Love that he's back. Bengals being good is better for the NFL. All right. We, well, we're talking about teams that are just drilled through rock bottom, came out the other side. Dude, the Chicago Bears. Yes. I know this is Thursday night football, but oh my God. Um I, <laughs> Justin Fields, I gotta tell you, we kind of crushed our 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 uh sell our, our buy lows, sell highs. I mean, I I was screaming for people to get Justin Fields, dude. Justin Fields has literally had the best two passing games of his career in the last two weeks, including his first 300 yard game against the Broncos. And then they play Washington on Thursday night football. Justin Fields, 282 yards. Four touchdowns, no picks. DJ Moore, eight catches, 230 yards, three touchdowns. And the most bizarre stat line ever, which is three people caught a pass, one wide receiver. DJ Moore, one wide receiver caught a pass, and he got eight for 230. I got to be honest with you. When we were giving the buy low on Justin Fields advice, it was like a, a strong pucker factor for me on those. Like I, Oh, did you think I was an idiot? No, 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 because I did it too. I did it the show before that, and then you reiterated it. And I remember thinking at the time, like, man... This could really end up looking bad. Justin Fields is playing so terribly. His like I was very much worried about like his psyche. We were talking about this with Zach Wilson. And he just did not seem even remotely confident. The man is talking. He's out there talking about how he just happy to be alive, soaking <laughs> up all the like. You know what I mean? Like he had like been browbeaten. The beat, yeah, beatings continue. Then morale improves. <laughs> yeah, and then all of a sudden he comes out and just 
absolutely has two get right games. He looks like the uh, Justin Fields from Ohio State, honestly. Like, this is what made me so excited about him when he's coming into the NFL. In the last two weeks, he's thrown an NFL best eight touchdowns. He has uh, 617 yards passing in that time. So, you know, over 300 yards a game average, which is like unheard of for him. Um, he's also rushed for 82 yards on 15 rushes. His sack rate is still too high. He's he's given up seven sacks, which is, it's not terrible, but like he definitely needs to work on that, continue to work on that. Um, but you you just asked me like straight up, is Justin Fields good? I don't think he's good. I, I'm not ready to be like, yeah, he's officially back like I am with Joe Burrow. But this is such a massive, massive, massive step in the right direction. And I, and I've said this along the whole time, like Heifetz, you know this, I, I say this all the time, like confidence is such an important thing for quarterbacks. That's why I wanted them to have him run around because I think getting him like running around, get the juices flowing, getting the confidence going, get his teammates jacked up and hyped up and all that, like all that stuff is super contagious. And I believe in that strongly. And I think Justin Fields is like playing and he talked about this. He's playing with like more, he's just not thinking as much. Like he's just playing. And so it's really good to see um, I don't think it's going to be this smooth every other game, um, but I do think it sort of has saved him from being on the precipice of being straight up benched forever. Uh, so that's good. And then also just the DJ more of it. I we're actually playing in a we have I've, we have a dynasty league with all your friends from home, and you have Jamar Chase, and you're going to lose because I have DJ Moore. And I want everyone to email us <laughs> at Ringer Fantasy. I want Damn everyone to email us yeah. at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. If you had like DJ Moore or Jamar Chase this week or George Kittle maybe, and you had them and you lost, or someone in your league had like DJ Moore or Chase who had like basically 45, 50 points in PPR. If they, if you had them and lost, please email us at ringerfantasyfootball.gmail.com or your friends. We'll make fun of them. So it's like if you, like you're playing cornhole and you make a, you make a hole, you make it into the hole and then the guy that you're playing just makes it right into the same hole. It's like, and then you do that three times. This is like what it feels like. Hi, I got 47 points or something from, from Jamar Chase, you got 48 or whatever it was. It's like within one point uh, from DJ Moore. I'm just like, fuck, uh, that sucks. So, yeah. But anyways, DJ Moore, another guy that I did not expect to have a big fantasy season is now going off. I mean, I think DJ Moore has legitimately had like multiple months of his career where he did not approach 230 yards. He is now on the season, the wide receiver four. I did not see that coming. He's averaging 19 fantasy points per game. Good for him. Yeah. Good player. Uh, yeah. Email us over your gmail.com. I feel like a lot of people lost probably to Anthony Richardson coming up with a shoulder injury, which sucks. We have, we don't know where that is right now, but it feels like that's going to be it, the problem is this is throwing shoulder. I feel like when quarterbacks come back, I know like, clavicle injuries, like I feel like Romo did it, but like it was his non throwing shoulder, right? Like Richardson with the throwing shoulder, especially when it's like his running is the whole thing. He's just so physical, but he just doesn't have like self preservation. He's 21. I How many 21 year olds have any kind of self preservation? I do think it's. Partly bad luck, obviously, um, and not indicative of how he plays. But at the same time, three injuries in like four games. You don't games. think it's indicative of how he plays? It's five games. He's left well, three of the five games with an injury from running the ball. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I The concussion thing to me was a fluke. Um, and he, the, the first injury was he just left. It was like the second to last play of the game or something like that. So I don't know if that really I'm counts. I'm saying 60% of his games. <laughs> I'm just saying. We're, it, we're, I'm just sixty percent of the time he leaves all the time. I'm trying to be optimistic because I want him to be okay because I think he's an awesome player. He's very fun to watch. Uh, well, maybe not awesome. It's a little bit early on that, but like he's really exciting to watch. Um, so hopefully he can figure out a way to not just get hurt in three fourths of the games that he plays in the NFL. All right. Well, I do know a player who's also to watch, which is the Miami Dolphins. 
DK, I would like you to take a victory lap. I think you've been more right about this guy than any guy you've ever been right. You're an NFL draft expert here at the <laughs> Ringer. And you were screaming from the rooftops that Devon, at the time, A-Chain, but now Devon A-Chan. 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 Change his name. Uh, we, we, he is in... I think he's so basically there was like, oh, like he's averaging 12 yards a carry. This can't continue. They were right because today he averaged 13 yards a carry. Um, Devon A. Chan is Craig texted us this today. He is officially the first running back. He just posts wide receiver stats <laughs> like he literally yeah. like his week three game. Yeah. 18 for 203 and two week last week four. He had eight for 101. That's something you say about a receiver. Eight catches, 101 yards. He has eight carries, 101 yards today. 11 for 151. 11 carries for 150. That's a crazy. <laughs> this is crazy stuff. Yeah. So I would like you to take a victory lap. You're the draft guide you had compared him to Javid Best or a bottle rocket. Mm. Said he had field tilting speed. And then Carlos, can we play the clip of DK talking about HN from the spring? Uh, we talked about him on the last show, Devon HN, running back out of Texas AM. He is he on an SEC field full of uh, amazing athletes, like makes everyone look slow. He is incredibly fast. He is, and I don't even say this lightly, like he's almost reminiscent of like Tyreek Hill fast. I'm not saying he's as fast as Tyreek Hill, but he's like in the stratosphere of Tyreek Hill fast. I want to be clear. You said that before he was on the Dolphins. Like right. you compared him to Tyreek Hill's speed before he was drafted by Miami. Yeah. Um, I will say, so <laughs> Carlos was reminding me that I went on the uh, Around the NFL podcast with Greg Rosenthal and company and their question, one of their questions was like, if you had to stake your reputation on one player, who's it going to be? And I was like, well, I'm going to do it on a 190 pound running back and it's going to be Devon A chain. And like, I don't know to me, I'm, I'm not a big victory lapper, but like, I feel so validated because when I watched him and I told you this, hyphen said it like during the draft period, um, when I watched him, I was like this uh, sitting up in my seat. I'm like, holy shit, this guy is so fucking electric. He is like the best acceleration of any running back I've seen in years. Like the way that he can uh, just hit the gas pedal and get to top speed almost instantly allows him to have access to gaps that you don't see for most running backs. And we've seen this like play out in Miami where he's like going so fast downhill that he like break, he rips through these little holes in the line that most running backs they're, would just they're not get holes, clogged. They're, they're not late. They're hallways. They're, they're the Miami's hallways as rushing lanes. Well, but my point is more just that he can access gaps that most running backs can't because they would close before they get there. Yeah. And so, um, and then obviously he has the breakaway speed, which, you know, he's a track guy that's expected. But like, to me, he's a good running back, great vision, great balance. You see him ping-ponging like, or, or whatever, like through the offensive line. Um, plinkoing is the word I was looking for, not ping-pong. He just kind of like bounces around and, and keeps his feet and he can just hit these explosive plays. And that's why he has like, 12, 13 yards of carry. Um, you know, I, there was definitely times during the preseason where I was like, well, shit, he's a healthy, he was a healthy scratch week one. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? This is like, I, the, well, he has to learn stuff, man. I don't know. Yeah, it took him but a week like, more, I guess. Um, I think it mattered. But yeah. No, but I think to your point, I think that you made a great point a couple weeks ago before you disappeared for 10 days that <laughs> um, weight is no longer your fate in the NFL where it's like all these small guys, like, you know, Devontae, you know, Lamar honestly started with like, you know, Devontae Smith, yeah, Tank Dell, and all these small people, Tutu Atwell, who's like Scored actually maybe today. not 170 pounds, are just Emmanuel Forbes and Washington's, you know, he's been out well. He hasn't been great so well, far. That's a bad example. But everyone else <laughs> on offense. <All> right. <laughs> um, but all these small dudes who just honestly would have been filtered out of the league are succeeding. 
And I want to bring in producer Carlos here because Carlos is a longtime Dolphins fan who is more polite than he probably should have been this week. Because I was just watching this Giants-Dolphins game and I was kind of like weirdly kind of thought the Giants could win because they kept making mistakes. But I was just blown away by two things. I, everyone's probably seen the stat by now that the Dolphins now have the seven fastest ball carrier speeds of the year, which to be clear, <laughs> it's a flawed stat because really in the past it's been flawed because what it means is here are seven people who got to full speed in an NFL game. But what's incredible to the Dolphins having the top seven is they're the fastest people in the league are at full sprint all the time. Like it's insane. And so they added two more today. And it's just A-Chan and Hill. And I was watching them and I was just like, everyone's always open, but the other, they're a two-hand touch football team. Like, it is incredible how many times, like the thing that we were right about Tyreek Hill is the amount of times Devon A-Chan, like the defender thinks he's going to get there for a tackle and he actually can't touch him. And like, they literally are playing two-hand touch. They would still score all these points. Yeah, that's what I'm saying about the pursuit angles, man. He annihilates pursuit angles. The guys think they can catch him. He just... Just blows past them. And Carlos, I'm curious. What is it like for you? I mean, I, do, I unless someone's a better name, I think everyone is being a little too hoity-toity. Like, Greatest Show and Surf is a great name. I what is agree. it like to root <laughs> for this team? I've never seen anything like it. Uh, I mean, it's just a joy. <laughs> like, uh, it's, I mean, sure, the Bills own us. Well, that's fine. I, You know, we're going to win every other game. And it's just like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just so much fun to watch an offense that is so explosive and so, I mean, consistent even. Like, you know, the Dolphins had three turnovers today. Two of them really bad interceptions by Tua. I don't know what was going the on goal today. Line. Yeah. For a pick and six. Just, and it doesn't even matter. They scored over 30 points and won by, what, 15? <laughs> like, over the, more so, than that? Because I think the Dolphins were the only team that didn't have a Pro Bowl quarterback in the 21st century. And they still haven't because they do it, like, maybe fake yeah. he went, but he didn't get voted in. So it's like, you. I mean, you've, the Dolphins' offenses have sucked. Oh, it's been terrible. Uh, so this is the the thing that's I think is interesting is like the Dolphins Dolphins fans don't get brought up as like this uh, you know long suffering fan base. It's not they're not viewed that way, and maybe that's part of it is because you know we're you know the Tuanon has given them a bad reputation. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, but it's probably LeBron in the Heat. But yeah. <laughs> well, that's that too, oh, yeah. fair. Fair, uh, but. It's been a long time. I mean, I have said this for a while, and it's true. The Dolphins, before last year, have not had an exciting offense in my in my lifetime. Like, <laughs> oh I'm 28 God. years old. Oh, my. That's crazy. So uh, that doesn't count the Wildcat offense that was fun for, like, four weeks? Sure. Like, if you want to... Like, <laughs> I mean, when the running the, back playing quarterback like, was, that, was the peak of the mountain, a that's side. a bad like, mountain. I, yeah. I just, I just want to, like, put this... I, I want to figure out how the best way to express this. Marino retired in 2000. That was 23 years ago, right? Since then, the Dolphins have been to the playoffs five times total in 23 years. They've won one playoff game. That win came in like 2001. So brutal. Oh my God. <laughs> so it's been a long time. And then between 2000 and 2022, when Mike Medano got here, the Dolphins have had a top 10 offense by either points or yards one time. Once in 23 years. Holy shit. <laughs> once. Top 10? They, yes, top in 10. Points and or yards one points time? Points and or yards. Oh God, that's bad. Now, if you expand it to <laughs> top 15, you would think, okay, that probably gets a lot better, right? Seven times. <laughs> so top half of the league, seven times. <laughs> They've been below even average, average of being average. For your exactly. whole lifetime. <laughs> yeah. My entire lifetime. The last time they had a top five offense, literally before I was born, 1994. Wow. Just it's been a it's been a while. The Dolphins, so Dolphins let him fans enjoy deserve it. this. Let him enjoy That's it. What I, I do think. All right. 
we haven't talked about this enough. I think what you're talking about, Carlos, is like, honest to God, the defining feature of the entire season, which is the teams that are good and cool are the teams that have sucked forever. And the teams that are downtrodden are the spoiled fat <laughs> ones spoiled on the riches. It's like, who do we just talk about? The Giants are awful. The Patriots are awful. The Steelers, I mean, they won today, but you, you, it was ugly. But like the teams that are doing well, the teams that actually are exciting, the Dolphins, you're just saying, the Carlos, Lions. how bad were the Lions forever? <laughs> how yeah. bad were the Bengals? Her, the, the thing you're talking about, the Bengals of like the 2000s were like the worst team in the league. Um, The Jaguars have expectations now. Like the Jaguars, like barely eking out a win over the Bills is like bad. And then um, the other, other is, and then the Bills. The, I know they lost today, but it's like the Bills. We're bad forever. I'm like, all these teams that were horrific forever and kind of thought we'd never, and we're upset that the Jets now don't have Rodgers. It's like the team, I don't know. It's like all these downtrodden teams are kind of like, expect, and you're right. I don't think about the Dolphins in that way. And yet everyone also always makes fun of Dan Marino for never winning a Super Bowl. You know what? True. <laughs> you know what I think of the Dolphins? So I just had this realization and I feel like when we're watching the multi-view, like on YouTube and early in the game, there's like six games or seven games, eight games going on. Um, I really have the same sensation getting ready to watch the Dolphins offense. You know what it really reminds me of just to my core, to my spiritual being is when I was watching Ken Griffey Jr. have an at bat oh when I was God. growing up, because every time anybody touches the ball, it's like, this could be a fucking home run. Every single play could be a home run. It's not always a home run. And that was the case with, uh, with Ken Griffey Jr. But like, I just want to watch this. I, I get, I look forward to him coming back up in the lineup uh, you know what I mean? Just because it's so much fun, so exciting. Uh, they just have such a unique style. And man, yeah, I don't know. That's just like, to me, it's almost the exact same feeling. No, and it skews your expectations watching it. I, I actually, it was a very interesting experience watching as a, the opponent, knowing that you were going to lose mostly. Because it skews your expectations of what a successful play is. Like when they totally, tackled totally. A-Chan or Mostert for like a six yard gain, I was like, great job. Nice. Second and four. <laughs> fantastic. And I'm like, that's like the literal definition of a successful play. And I, I but it felt like a victory. I'm like, I think down for six yards. I think that was the shortest run of their day for like three and a half quarters. You know, when you're watching a bad court, a bad offense with a bad quarterback and you get a, like a holding call on a first and 10 run and you're like, oh, it's over. The, the, drive is, <laughs> 100%. <laughs> the drive's over. Like we're not <laughs> just, fun. Is, yeah, might as well pun now. Right. Yeah. Like with this offense, you're just sitting there like, oh, this is fine. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> totally. That brings it full circle, though, to the Niners thing. It's like that. those are the two teams I feel that. And I used to feel that way about the Chiefs, but no longer. But like the, the Niners get that holding third and three 40 yard gain holding third and 13. All right. Here's another 40 yard gain. I'm like, there's two teams right now that can do that. And I just feel like they're going to be at the Super Bowl. I know. I was having the same thing. High fits too, where watching that Sunday night game is like if if the Cowboys Held them to like six yards or less. I was like, "Ooh, that was a good play by them." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Michael no. Parsons, wow!" <laughs> oh my god! All right, incredible. Thank you, Carlos. Anything else you want to get out here? Just because the Dolphins kicked my ass. Any other thoughts you want to? Uh, no, I mean, I I feel bad watching Daniel Jones go. Like I, man, that was rough. I he don't just, know. He has your pity. That's, that's, that's awful. That's, it's just not. It's just not fun to watch Daniel Jones sit back there and then get like absolutely wrecked for. 10 plays a game. It's I terrible. agree. He just turns into a nervous Jewish mother. You're like, all right, 16 sacks. All right, well, that's the number you need for neck injury. All right, well, watch out, Sam Howell. All right. Thank you, Carlos. Thanks, Carlos. 
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. The other word we want to do right here is the guy she told you not to worry about checking, mm. which is, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor. You know, it's like, oh, don't worry about it. You know, it's Zach Moss. Don't worry. He's just a friend, right? It's just like, you know, there's nothing to worry about. He's just. Yeah, you weren't around. You weren't there for to, you know, go to the take her to the test or whatever. Zach Moss just did it for you for a couple of weeks. And now Jonathan Taylor's here. He's back. He's going to, you know, step back into his role here. Nope. By the way, so I was definitely like I started Jonathan Taylor this week. I thought it would be the more it would be more of the Jonathan Taylor show than the Zach Moss show. I didn't necessarily mean Taylor or believe that Taylor was going to like completely take over. But man, Zach Moss just dominated. Skipping the prologues. Jonathan Taylor sent a three year, $42 million contract extension last week. 27 million guaranteed. Comes back and like morons, we I mean, we didn't gloss over it. We talked about it for like five minutes, but we were like, so this guy's in practice with his team for 290 days, new coach, new quarterback, and has three days to like practice with them. How much is he really going to play? And somehow Josh Dobbs convinced us that does practice even matter? Anyway, Zach Moss had, again, one of the best games of his career. Zach Moss has basically had the Get four best games of his career. <laughs> yeah, Zach Moss has basically had four of the best five games of his career uh. in the last four weeks. And... What did, what did Zach Moss finish with? He, I mean, he had, I mean, he was Zach Moss, the number two running back of the day behind Travis Etienne, 23 carries for 165 yards and two touchdowns, including one like really long run. So that was incredible. And honestly, we probably should have seen it coming. I know like hindsight is 2020, of course, but you, you brought it up that you're a little bit concerned. It's like, yeah, it's been almost a year since Jonathan Taylor practiced. Like maybe they're not going to give him 30 carries. I probably should have thought that but it's it's Jonathan Taylor you know it's he's the superstar running back I want to ban names names are the problem you're like, it's Jonathan Taylor I'm like yeah. if someone hasn't practiced in your in the amount of days you're counting is hundreds or someone has an injury that has required months of rehab that we just I don't want to use them their name that's kind of what I, I think that's the problem however having said that Cooper Cup the boyfriend like hey you know like you're our guy triple crown super mvp like you know you're the guy and like you know he's taking a month off my friend's back for work yeah and it's like this pukunuku's this pukunuku i was like he's a co-worker it's fine we're like getting work drinks it's fine co-worker it's like don't worry about it we're going over spreadsheets exactly well pukunuku literally just with justin jefferson and tyree kill in every receiving category cooper cup's gone like oh that's interesting cooper cup comes back has five catches for 56 yards of the opening drive and has like eight catches for 118 yards. So Cooper Cup looked like Cooper Cup immediately again. And then not for a long time later. Um, 
I don't know. I, I feel like to me, this one is a little less crazy because I, I, I always felt that Puka and Cup could coexist because Puka is essentially playing. He wasn't playing the Cooper Cup role. It's an open relationship. It's like, you know, sta- <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it's all yeah. vibes. Like staff, polycule you know. is what they call it. I've heard. I don't what? know. That's a, that's a thing that millennials do. I don't know. What if it I is. Google that on my computer, is that going to get like flagged by HR? Don't think so. Poly, all the people link through their relationships usually remain. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> what is, is it? What is it? For the people that don't know. Uh, to linked through romance or sex to one or more members of a polyamorous group. The actual example on Wikipedia is how polycule doubled in size when my spouse started seeing Boris, whose husband had six other partners. That's the first thing that comes up when you Google that. That's the first thing. I don't, the, you know, this metaphor is, re- we're stretching it. I don't even know where we are anymore, but um, Fukunakua, I always thought that he could coexist with Cooper Cup because he's essentially playing the the Robert Woods role, the Bobby Trees role. I don't know. All right, we're we're excited about Cooper Cup, though. I still think he's going to be, you know, like top 10 receiver the rest of the way, or what do you think? I No, I agree. I think Cooper Cup and Nakua, they're <laughs> polycule. There's something there. Email us ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com if you can get that Puka Nakua polycule joke right. I, there's something there. It's too late. Uh, I, there, It's like Chris Godwin and Evans had it once with Jameis, and the Rams honestly might throw it a little less than that, but not that much less. The real the guy you're not supposed to worry about, it, it's Jaleel McLaughlin, who just looks better than Javante Williams. Yeah. And Javante Williams missed, and it's like he's going to get Wally pipped. This is the one that worries me the most. If, you're, if you've got Javante Williams on your team and you're like depending on him, it doesn't feel great. This guy... He went to Notre Dame College, not Notre. Heifetz, you were talking about that's the Texas A&M Commerce. <laughs> you were talking about really weird small colleges. Wait, Notre, Notre Dame, Dame College? College? What is that? Which is not Notre Dame University or whatever what? the official name is. Um, Are you? And then me? he went to Notre Dame College and Youngstown, Youngstown State, Young Youngstown State. Why is that so hard for me to say? Wait, anyway. dude, how many times do you think he's like I played at Notre Dame and just dropping that on people? <laughs> like at a bar. Uh, that's a good question. So hold Notre, on. We get Notre, it's in email. Cleveland. It's in Cleveland. Please, people, email us at Rear Fantasy Football about other things about Notre Dame College and Texas A and M Commerce. Who the are the Notre Dame College <laughs> Falcons? What? Oh I, my! I've God. never heard of that. He's good though. Yeah, he looked awesome. He was like very explosive. They used him in the passing game a lot. Uh, this is this goes along with the Sean Payton loves to have his little speedy pass catching running back guys like Darren Sproles and Kamara and whatever. Um, I'm officially worried as a if you if you're a Javante Williams bag holder, this worries me. Uh, can I read you? Oh no, Notre Dame Falcons. Do you want to know the other players that um, Notre Dame College is playing the rest of the season? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the games include Frostburg State University. Frostburg State. Frostburg State. <laughs> That's not a real thing. West Virginia State, hmm. which I didn't know was a thing. Nope. I kind of thought West Virginia was a Where state. Where is Frostburg State? Frostburg State. This is made up. Damn, Craig would love this. Frostburg <laughs> State. Frostburg State's playing Mercyhurst. What the Mercyhurst? F- <laughs> Mercyhurst. Dude, I'm really like I'm in the wormhole now. All these fake colleges. Dude, you, they're playing University West Liberty, Wheeling, Wheeling University. Hi, Fitz. Frostburg, Frostburg State's in Maryland. How do you not know about this? Frostburg State. Oh my God. And then Texas AM Commerce. I, I want to look up there. <laughs> Texas AM Commerce. They're playing Incarnate Word. Oh, I've heard of that. Nickel State. Incarnate Word, not Incarnate. Incarnate Word. And, and my, I forgot, Lamar. 
Lamar is just the well, name of the just okay. Lamar. No college <laughs> university. I think I actually Lamar. have heard of that. Yeah, yeah. And then also they're playing. I've never heard of this. It says NW State, like a street. There's no. It's just NW. No, oh, it's North Northwestern State in, Demons. Is this in Missouri? This is the one that David Moore went to, and I remember thinking like this is a completely made up place. Email us at ringerfantasyfootball@gmail.com if you have any information on any of these schools, especially Frostburg State. Um. Wow. All right, well, yeah, Julia McGl- All right, wow, that was so worth it. Incredible. All right, uh, Craig would love that. And honestly, we're going to do the Craig Crawlbeck Memorial Award. Um, and we're going to give it to George Pickens, catching game-winning touchdown to beat the Ravens in uh, one of the ugliest games of the day. I couldn't believe the Steelers won this game. I don't think the Steelers could either. Yeah, they were. the Ravens were dominating this game in almost every single way throughout the whole game. They just couldn't score points. They could not score you know, as I've mentioned in the past, I know that, you know, I'm beating a dead horse here. It's important to score touchdowns. Well, you talk about analytics a lot, and I we're going to do it. <laughs> you could do the analytics speech. I know I mean, people don't want to hear the advanced math. Look, football, it's in football, in the game of football, it's important to score touchdowns is what I found. And the Ravens just couldn't do it. Pickens had an absolutely ludicrous day, of course. He had like all the, he had several ridiculous looking catches on the sideline doing his thing, scored the game winning touchdown. And the contrast between that and what the Ravens receivers are doing, the Ravens had maybe an all-time bad receiving game from what I've seen. Um, so let's go back. Let's go through it because I'm trying to do this off of memory, but there was a really bad drop in the end zone by Mark Andrews. Mark I had, Andrews. It was a little high, but he should have had it. I had it multiple people t- tweeting at me about him volleyball setting another touchdown pass and the, into did. the stands. The and next then, play was worse. Right. The very next play... Rashad Bateman, first round pick, by the way, who's just been absolutely completely disappointing, uh, just dropped a really easy, like he was wide open. It was not a hard pass. It was not a fast pass. He it was like a it. brain fart. It was like he thought I got to catch the football and then it like hit him like in the he, hands. It yeah. was so and then they had to kick a field goal. And so and then they lost there. Were, later in the game, there was a really bad drop by Aguilar, I believe. Um, that just went yeah, like right then, through his hands. He probably Jackie had he, never heard the seeing the unlike Ali Aguilar unlike video, Aguilar. and I had the pleasure of showing her the unlike Aguilar video. <laughs> the guy saved. What does he save a kid from a burning? No, building? it's literally like the quote is because he's got a fire, and I. Re- oh, I can't. The quote is even better than I remembered. He's like, "Yeah, man, we was they were just throwing babies out the window. We was catching them unlike Aguilar." <laughs> and the part I forgot oh, was that after he's like pauses and he thinks about what he just said, it, yeah. and he's like. Just wanted to put that out there. And then he goes back to telling the story. That's the best. Um, later in the game, there was a play. Again, this is just off memory, but uh, Lamar threw it deep. And uh, Zay Flowers, the rookie receiver, was wide open. And for some reason, he decided to turn around and backpedal. Like, this is like the... Yeah. He was like trying to field a fly ball. And he totally misjudged. He fell down. And it was... it was He was wide open. He, well, he you just good, kept running. You made a good a touchdown. Point that this game was like a study in contrasts because if you like, it literally couldn't be more opposite. It's like with Sean Payton, we're going to do the opposite of everything they do. Watching this game, it's so like at some point our jobs, I guess, are to explain football and it feels so hard to explain. Like if you watch Lamar Jackson and you watch Kenneth Pickett play football Kenneth Pickett. and the concept that like the Steelers outscored more points than the Baltimore Ravens, feels impossible. But then like the actual skill set of this, of like George Pickens versus what the Ravens had today. And you're like, Oh, like they're just exactly opposite, but the the Ravens scoring 10 points in this game feels impossible. And the Steelers just steal them. (laughs) 
So, this is such a Raven Steelers game. Second half, punt, punt, punt. This is both teams. Punt, 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 safety, field goal, punt, <laughs> pick, touchdown, fumble, field goal, downs. Yeah. Well, I mean, Lamar, uh, you know, Lamar kind of blew it at the end there with the, he, he got sacked, he fumbled it, and they picked it up or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I felt like for the vast majority of the game, it was like, dude, he was giving them a chance to win. They should have scored way more points. And the receivers just, Freaking couldn't catch a football. So ridiculous. It's so it was frustrating. A, it was it's funny too, where you're like, I can't believe the Ravens defense did it. And I don't know why the Ravens were playing so like tight on the Steelers and let Pickens have it. But it's funny too, to think that like fundamentally this, the Ravens defense gave up 14 points and the Ravens offense couldn't match that is like wild. Yeah. So it's like, my God. Anyway, congrats um, to Craig. For yeah. The shout w. out Craig. He's drunk somewhere. Our, speaking of Craig, Craig always does the three tight ends who outscore Kyle Pitts and a lie. And you know what? I'm giving Kyle Pitts and Craig the week off. <laughs> Kyle <laughs> Pitts actually, game. Kyle Hell Pitts yeah. had one of the best games he's had in a really long time. Kyle, so we're not going to just make fun of him also because there weren't actually that many tight ends who actually outscored Kyle Pitts. But Kyle Pitts had, and this feels crazy to say, DK, Kyle Pitts had seven catches wow. for 87 yards. Like, I, like I can't believe it. I seriously can't believe it. So I will say, tight ends are back. Tight ends are back. The, I sure hope I, so. I had this hunch, so I looked it up, and it was even better than I thought. If you look at just tight ends who scored 16 half PPR fantasy points in, in a game this season, just 16 points in a week. In any week, okay. The first month, that happened five times. So five tight ends scored 16 points plus? No, no it happened like five times total. Right. Like there was an instance where a tight end scored 16 points. Mark Andrews <laughs> did it. Cole Komet did it. Travis right. Kelsey, Sim Laporta. This week, it happened six times. Six oh, players scored yeah. 16 points today. Dallas Goddard had it. And it was all guys that are started. Sometimes it's like, oh my God, Farrah Brown had like, no one yeah. started him. It doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. This Farrell week, it Brown. was like Dallas Goddard, best game of the year. George Kittle had three touchdowns, best game of the year. Darren Waller, lower bar, but like had best game of the year. People who started him are like, all right, at least he doesn't totally suck. Kyle Pitts, if you started him, the best game of the, I mean, lower bar again, but right. Cool. Tight ends back. Sam Laporta, two touchdowns. No, so George Kittle and Sam Laporta, they had the same end around reverse flea flicker duck play. And they, the Niners and Lions both ran the same play. Whoa. Yeah. I like that. Laporta reminds me of Kittle, by the way. Dude, they're both from I, Iowa, of course. Um, I was going to say, is that just because they're white dudes who went to the same college? No, like I mean, stylistically, Laporta is kind of like a beast after the catch. He's always just like running guys down and running them over and stiff arming the shit out of them and things like that. You know who's got another great tight end pipeline is Frostburg State. That's <laughs> <laughs> legendary. East North College. We, yeah. I might have to, I should have just, oh, wait, here, off the fly. I'm going to do, instead of two tight ends and a lie, I'm going to do two colleges and a lie. Perfect. I'm going to look up Frostburg State schedule, football schedule from last year. Two, two colleges and a lie from Frostburg. Oh, my God. They played Notre Dame College. They're on here. <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> they played. That's incredible. They played them. Okay. Okay. Two colleges and a lie. American International. Uh-huh. National University. Alderson brought us. <laughs> I don't. There's no way that you could have made up Alderson Broadus. Oh, that was that was real. Um, they won fifty-eight to seven. National University's fake. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. What was the other one? American National. American International. Okay. Frostburg <laughs> baby. 
Frostburg State. All the Frostburg State alums out there are pissed. Yeah, they are. Burn book time. We burned Drake London in week one. We burned Kyle Pitts in week two. Najee Harris week three. Ironically, Dallas Goddard week four. Now he's the best game of the season in week five. Do you have someone? I have someone for the burn book. I can't remember if we've talked about this guy or not before, but Damian Pierce has been very frustrating. I wouldn't, I'm, I'm not quite ready to burn him because I think he's good. And I think the Texans offense is pretty good. So he's probably going to have some big weeks, but man, he's been frustrating. I think it's Ramondre. I think it's got to be Ramondre. Yeah, God. Ramondre, again, since week one, has like 27 fantasy points in four games. Like he was like a, one of your first three or four picks. Ramondre is one of the, he, this, he's one of the more like emotionally frustrating players for he me. He had this eight year. carries for 24 yards. You, do, do you have, do you have, are you supposed to play him in his next game? He was on the, I feel like we're going to find out after the year's over that he had like a really bad knee injury that he was just nursing the entire year or something like that. Cause he doesn't look like the same guy to me. I don't know what's going on. Obviously the I offensive think they line broke issues him last year. suck, I but agree. he does not look like a very dynamic, elusive tackle breaking guy that we saw last year. I, I was very much, you know, looking forward to what he could do this year. And he's just been, he's just been really bad. So unlike the rest of the Patriots who are firing on all cylinders. <laughs> right. All right. Ramondre Stevenson, you're in the burn book. All right, that's all we got. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Carlos, for producing this episode. Thank you, Craig, for being here in spirit. Thank you to everyone at Frostburg State and Notre Dame College who we um, have insulted. Please email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. Want trivia questions? Honestly, email us trivia questions about fucking Frostburg State and Notre Dame College, please. Um, trivia questions for trivia tomorrow. Make sure they end at a number. Email us about anything related to Frostburg State. I'll take it all. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Thank you. Uh, Positive K. I don't know what that is. That's uh, probably going to be before your time. You ever heard the song, I Got a Man? I think so. You think so? It's the song. I feel like maybe I've mentioned this one before. It's like the rapper does both his voice and the woman's voice. And she's like, I got a man. What's your man got to do with me? You know that one? Yes. Yes. Um, Great song. I don't know a lot more of his work other than that, but great song. Did you look that up for this or did you know off the top of your head that that was positive K? No, I knew that was positive K. It's impressive. Yeah. He's got a great hat at this picture. Everybody Google them. A <laughs> great hat. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't say I'm like a huge fan because like, I just don't know his work, but that is a good song. You know? Oh, wait. Yeah. From, he's from the Bronx. Went to Notre Dame college. <laughs> Frostburg State. Great music, Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>